Welcome back to the morning grind. Dean here. It's Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical on me, I'm still keeping the warm, uh, the warm, the seats warm for one uh, Stevie TPFL. He's busy working on his NASCAR and the, the Counter-Strike and all the good stuff that's going out there on out there in the DFS world. Um, we're bringing in, we're, we're having some fun. There's not a lot of sports going on, obviously. So what we're doing is uh, mainly it's an interview show. We're bringing somebody new, uh, the DFS space basically every single day. Some days we'll talk about some content, but not a lot of content other to talk about. So today we're bringing in uh, a DFS OG, a Rotogrunners OG, I think. We'll talk about it. I'm not exactly sure when he made his appearance. It's uh, Chris Prince. You guys know him better as Beer Makers fan. Beer, uh, how are things in your world these days? I'm good, buddy. And, and Beer Makers, if you want to get all technical on me, we, we get beers, beers makers, this, that. So... Beer makers fan goes back a long ways though. We're we're talking, I'm losing track here over a decade, uh, doing DFS. But I am good, buddy. Like everybody else, you know, go, going through all this and doing the best we can to get through it. Uh, lack of sports, uh, too much, too much time with kids. I know a lot of people are excited; they get more time with their kids. <laughs> I, I'm ready to get rid of my kids. I'm just going to be honest here. Uh, being a teacher, <laughs> all this stuff. I, that I, school needs to start back up in September, so they need to find a way. Uh, to make that happen now it sound, might sound terrible i love my kids to <laughs> yes. death but i need a break i'm tapping out here so are you have you been like an amateur like algebra geometry english teacher have you had to dust up on these things to what, 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 what are the ages of the kids what are you talking oh, about i have a sixth grader a fourth grader and a second grader so yes there's been a lot of dusting off on uh polygons and multiplying <laughs> fractions and some of the stuff the second graders are doing I'm like I swear I didn't do this till I was like a sophomore in high school like what <laughs> what are we what are we doing here and the ways that they teach math now there's like 15 additional steps that you can just get rid of that I try to show them the way that I used to do it like no dad we can't do it that way this is how we do it like all of this is unnecessary let's just get to the answer here so a lot of Googling uh, happening in my house, and I get busted. They're like, Dad, I thought you were smart. What are you doing on Google? Like, hey, here's here's the way of the future. You're not sure about something? Google has the answer for you. They they found out. You've finally been exposed for the fraud that you are. You don't know everything. Like, you, you've been I keeping just, it up the whole time. Hey, and then- too much time. You know, fake <laughs> it till you make it, as they say. But uh, when you spend so much time together... Uh, they're they're going to find your weaknesses. Yeah, and I, I I don't was it Common Core is that what it's called? Is that the whole controversy? I, yeah. I don't. Oh, terrible! Is now what it is? There's a, I know a lot of people. There's Common Core Twitter is lit. <laughs> people people are very uh, very much against it at least like what I see. But I don't know the reasonings. I don't. I'm, I'm totally ignorant to it. But apparently math is done in a different way than we learned when we grown up. And I don't really know why or what the, what the reasonings are. But uh, I guess. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the real. day, you, you you arrive at the answer however you arrive to it, whether it's math, DFS. I mean, there, there's a lot of different ways to, to skin a cat, as they say. But yeah, uh, doing that math, there's just a lot of unnecessary steps. And I think people take a lot of unnecessary steps and a lot of other things. But uh, maybe that's for another day. They take the scenic route, I suppose. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure why. And then that's not really my field. My, my sister's a second grade teacher and she's She's uh she's teaching from home, so like it's she's learning from on the fly as well too, doing like the Skype stuff or uh, what is it, uh, Zoom? What we're doing right now? Uh, it's good times for sure. But uh, hopefully, like you said, uh, the kids will be <laughs> you've had your fill. You love hanging out with the kids, but uh, how did you sneak away for this? Are you in, in like a dungeon of some sort in a basement? Where- oh yeah, I'm I'm high. Not they're supposed to be doing schoolwork right now. Now whether that's going on or not, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. They you know they they've gotten pretty good about. It. Oh yeah, I got all my work done, and then I got to dig through all these Google classrooms and uh, just to make sure. So 
different different students though one i don't worry about at all one i have to worry about a lot and one's kind of hit or miss depending on the day so uh sneaking away here for for a little bit getting a break but i'm counting down the days of summer at least you know if the kids are going to be around at least let it be summer vacation we're not doing any more schoolwork, so that that day is rapidly approaching thank goodness so uh, just I'm curious now, I'm, I'm curious if you have like a man cave and I'm curious if the kids, if everybody, every in the house is trained uh, to leave daddy alone, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes before lock. Is that something that that's ingrained in them? Are they, as far as a DFS perspective? Oh, absolutely. It, it goes back. <laughs> Even my wife uh, is pretty well trained and she's not going to listen to this so I can say that she's trained, but uh, oh yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, the, the hour before NBA MLB lock Sundays, they, they pretty much leave me alone on Sundays. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get them. I have three girls trying to get them to watch some football and hang out. Not really much interest there so far. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying, but uh, they're pretty good about letting me do my thing on Sundays and laying low. We are very busy during the week, a lot of sports, a lot of activities. So every day is go, 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 go. Sunday is kind of the day where everybody kind of gets to do their thing. Obviously mine, sit back, watch some football uh, and hang out with the family. But yes, they, they are trained. I will say that. You didn't buy like a value pack at Costco of cheese heads, like for the whole family. That, that's not something that's going on. <laughs> I tried my girls, you know, they, they got some gifts, green Bay Packer stuff. So, and my oldest is somewhat of a diva. So when she was younger, she would look at this stuff and say, I am not wearing green and gold. Do you give me some pink? I will wear it. I am not wearing cheese on my head, which I don't blame her. You know, I, I have a cheese head. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. More of a, a decorative man piece. I'm not putting a damn piece of cheese on my head. I love my team. I love my fandom. I don't need to wear cheese on my head. So we'll put that we'll put that debate to bed. But uh, it's been a rough go. If it's pink, they'll wear it. Otherwise, uh, they're not wearing any Green Bay stuff. You're uh, born and raised Wisconsin. Yes, grew up in Milwaukee. Uh, lived there pretty about 20, 28, 29. I joined the military. Uh, spent a few years down in Florida on the Panhandle. Uh, and then met my wife in Afghanistan, of all places. Oh, wow. uh, she was from Michigan, so ended up back in Michigan. And I always say, Midwest is Midwest. You know, if anyone from the Midwest knows, the weather sucks, the people are cool. <laughs> it's the same vibe, whether you're in Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, uh, all the same kind of stuff. So uh, was not too far from home, kind of settled in now, uh, living in Michigan happily. With those three kids, I'm trying to get out of the house. But uh, so that's kind of the, the quick story. So, wait, you joined the military 27, 28, 29? Is that what I heard around that yep. age? Uh, I mean, it was a little younger, maybe 20. I mean, let me do some quick math here. I was 24 when I joined the military. And was it a, a something you always wanted to do? Was it a spontaneous thing or you wanted like a life change or how did that happen? More spontaneous. Uh, my brother was in the Navy and he was always trying to get me to, you know, he, he was in the Navy since he was 18. He did 30, 32 years in the Navy or something. So wow. I went off to college and went to play basketball, was, was in college for all the wrong reasons, basketball, <laughs> girls, partying. Those so, are the wrong you know, reasons? Yeah, you know, so it kind of kind of bounced around, you know, if you've watched Last Chance You, that, that was me, the basketball version, ended up uh, going to a community college and playing two years there and kind of getting things back on track and uh, one more year of college. So uh, almost finished the degree, it just needed a change, you know, things things weren't going well and wasn't happy with things. So uh, joined the military and it, it was a blessing. You know, I never thought I would be in the military. Uh, was not my, you know, kind of thing. I, I'm a kind of guy. Don't don't tell me what to do. Just leave me alone. That that's a bit my basic premise. So 
was glad to do the military, did four years. But after four years, it's like, all right, sick of people telling me what to do. But did help me grow up, you know, and see different perspectives. Uh, travel, went to Afghanistan, uh, went over to Qatar, another small country in the Middle East. Uh, stopped at every stand along the way, Pakistan, Uzbekistan. There's about a million countries that end with Stan. I don't know if you're aware of this, but stopped in every one. Cairo, Egypt, Istanbul, Turkey. I mean, uh, a lot of different things, saw a lot of things. And uh, again, at the end of the day, A, met my wife, which was a blessing. B, really helped me pull my head out of you know where and uh, get things going and get a better perspective. Uh, time to grow up uh, was basically what was going on there. I'm learning so much, and I have so many questions. First of all, I always I always thought it was Qatar, or I wasn't sure it was Qatar or Qatar. I've heard it both ways. It's it's both. I mean, I I always said Qatar. I I hear Qatar, which you know, it's, I, even the people there, it was it was They're a different uh, way of saying it. So either or, either way, you're fine. Tomato, tomato. So um, I, I'm always fascinated by cultural differences and I haven't traveled enough and I want that's something I definitely want to do. And, and like I said, that was one of the great benefits of, of uh, joining the military. Uh, what is there, what surprised you? Like, or like just the people, like, is there like culturally or uh, I'm just curious, like, like any sort of like random takeaways of, of your, of your time and heading up all these different countries and learning all, you know, adapting these different cultures. Uh, what stood out to you? Uh, the hate of Americans uh, really stood out. Wow. I mean, uh, Qatar, we had a little bit more freedom. We were allowed to leave the base, and uh, we went into town. And, of course, being young, arrogant, you're going to go. And we went into some some parts of town we probably shouldn't have been, you know, the little markets and, and things like that where, where you're just – you're ready. You're looking at if I need to grab a weapon or a knife or something, what booth am I going to just, just, to, to, just in case. I mean, it, it was kind of that crazy, some of the areas. But – uh, areas of Qatar, there's a lot of money there. I mean, we went to a mall. This mall was seven, eight, nine stories, uh, uh, ice rink in the middle of it, and uh, just unbelievable the amount of money in that country. And then from that to Afghanistan, where we didn't have a lot of freedom, did not did not have the ability to leave the base. I mean, I always sum it up, hell on earth. I mean, you, you, everything is brown, dirt. It's 140 degrees during the day in Afghanistan. I was in the fire department, so we oh, get man. a call – now you're throwing all this gear on top of, the, of your uniform already, and I, I can't even explain to you how hot it was. The best example I can give is at night we would have bonfires, and it would be 90, 95 degrees. You're literally freezing. You, you have blankets. You're at a bonfire like you would be if it's 35, 40 degrees for us here. So, I mean, just just unbelievable. Just, like I said, hell on earth. I was happy to get home and see grass, uh, have a cheeseburger, you know, just uh, see a tree. I mean, it's just – Dirt, dust, destruction, uh, good to see it, a good life experience, but uh, not somewhere I would put on the list of, of places to go. So, uh, again, good life lesson, but not a pretty place. It's interesting you mentioned Qatar having all that money because there was a scandal with them paying off FIFA to get the World Cup, and a lot of people were saying, like, how in the world can you justify having uh, games with it's like 130 degrees in the field or whatever? It seems like a terrible idea, and it turned out, I hope you're sitting down, beer. <laughs> it was a scandal. Apparently, they paid off some of the people on the committee, but that's a no. Kidding uh, <laughs> You're making that up. I was always like, which is worse, FIFA or the NCAA? That's a good. That's a good conversation. Uh, I think FIFA. That that's worldwide corruption. At least the NCAA <laughs> is uh, contained in one country. Um, so you, you mentioned you came home. You want a burger, right? What are you eating there? MREs. MREs. Uh, they did have a, a kitchen and, and let me just a breakfast. Uh, you, you would get excited to eat these things, but 
the eggs were literally crunchy and green. <laughs> so MREs were, were the way to go. We, we would, there were steaks that were flowing in. Uh, I think every Sunday we would have steaks, a volleyball game. I'm talking about the lowest class of steak possible, like the, the strip club steak. <laughs> that's basically what we were served. So a, a lot of MREs, a lot of care packages from home. And that's, that's uh. honestly, and, and I hate to say this, but, my wife got the best care packages ever, and she would bring them up to the fire department. And I'm talking about a 20, 30-pound box just loaded with food and baby wipes. Yeah, yes, baby wipes were a valuable commodity I can then. See that. Uh, books, magazines, video games, it just on and on. And the boxes just kept coming. So I think she kind of lured me in with, with the boxes. I, I would get priority <laughs> things I wanted to pick out of there. Then it would go to the boys, and then she'd take the rest back uh, to her crew. But uh, just getting stuff like that meant the world. But MREs, if you've never had one, it, it's basically a, a, a ready, meal ready to eat is what an MRE is. And uh, it comes with a little bottle of Tabasco sauce. And anyone that's been in the military knows you basically just drown everything in Tabasco because the flavor is so bad. And, you know, you, you get at least a, a meal out of it. You hope to get lucky get some M&Ms or some Skittles in one of them. But uh, that that's the things that we look forward to over there. She initially won you over and she initially charmed you with, with uh, her, the goods, I suppose. The good, yeah, the goods. <laughs> Not those goods, but uh, started off with the other goods. And then, uh, yeah, the, you know the rest. And she was in the same branch as you? She was in the Army. So they would come up on those Sundays and, and play in the volleyball tournaments, kind of how we, we met. And she she was an officer and I was enlisted. So first of all, that, that was a no-no. Was she your superior? Listening to, Is that what that means? Yeah, she, she, officers and enlisted are not supposed to okay. co-mingle. So it, w- it was a little interesting. Had to kind of work around that and, <laughs> you know, keep an eye on who's watching you. And, you know, there were some people turning us in and yada, yada. Do but, people really care? Like, is that the most oh, yeah, important I mean, thing? When you're over there, there's nothing else to do but gossip and, you know, you find anything to do. I mean, we were, we were working out two, three times a day because you, you were just bored. And in the fire department, I mean, you're, you're sitting there waiting for something to happen and a plenty happened. I mean, we stayed busy, but there were days that, you know, we're, we're, we're chasing scorpions around and it's, you know, there, there wasn't much else to do. So, uh, so basic training for the army, what's that? How could you summarize that? So I was in the Air Force. Mine was okay. fairly easy compared to the you know Army, Marines. Uh, those guys go through hell. Mine was six weeks. Uh, yes, we, you know you learn how to march and you do your push-ups and they're screaming at you and all that. But I mean, all in all, it, it was not that difficult. You know, a lot a lot of schoolwork and, and getting used to military life and things like that. I had the worst illness and it went through our entire building. So that was the worst part of it, being sick for five, six weeks. I think I was sick the entire time because everybody else was, but uh, have it nowhere near as hard as Marines, Army, maybe even Navy. I mean, the Air Force was was where my brother said to go, hey, this is where they have all the money. This is where you're going to get treated the best. So I took his his advice and, and happy for it. Could you do the uh, Donovan Bales challenge back in the day as far as the push-ups? What was it, 20? No, no, no. I was like, how many do I need to do to pass? 58? Okay, I'm doing 58, and I'm done. No No more, that, no less. No, that, that was an incredible feat. They're, they're, my kids were, were kind of too – I was keeping an eye on it. They're like, Dad, could you do that? And, of course, I'm telling them, like, oh, yeah, no problem. They're like, all right, let's do it. Like, no, maybe another day. I keep kicking that can down the road. But 
Uh, an impressive feat by Bales, no doubt. Did you? I thought the most impressive thing is how he figured it out math-wise, just like kind of just pace himself, which is pretty clever. What was it? Was it a twenty-four hundred or so, like a twenty-four hour or something like that, or twenty-five? I can't remember what it was exactly. I'm just if people don't recall. But did you or did you not make a wager on this? I did not, and I'm going to say the most impressive thing was his girlfriend in, in the pillow. I yes. mean, all day long. My, my wife would have been like, what in the hell are you doing? No, I'm not putting a pillow on your butt all day. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm someone to love you the way Bale's girlfriend loves him. Loves yes. him that is the ultimate goal right there. Uh, so, you know how ESPN is, is running all these goofy uh, you know, sports going on with their, in the apps and things, and you're seeing the Ocho you know, these days. I've seen the fireman challenge. You ever see the fireman challenge? Is that oh, yeah. something you had? Yeah, that, that's Did you have no to partake in there? that? I, you... I, I, back in the day, I would have. I mean, clearly now, uh, not in the shape yeah. that I used to be. But uh, back then, uh, absolutely. I never got the opportunity to. We did some of that you know, in our training. You know, after basic training, then you go to your tech school, where then you learn your job that you're going to do in the military. So basic training is getting used to military life. Then your tech school is training you for your job. So uh, we did a lot of cool stuff, being, being in the fire department, uh, different buildings, that, you know, they'd light it on fire and you got to get in there and do your searches and things and uh, going through the heat, just getting used to how hot is a fire and, and some of the hose drags and things like that. And, and you do put it all together uh, in some training like that, not quite to the level of the, the fireman challenge, but uh, we were timed and you had to beat certain times and things like that. So a, a, a watered-down version of it, yes, but I would have loved to do something like and that. And what about the – I'm assuming you had some calls, right? You had to actually go out, and there were real fires where you had to put all this uh, training into uh, into play? Oh, yeah. I mean, the base I was stationed at was in Fort Walton Beach, uh, Eglin Air Force Base, uh, one of the biggest bases uh, in the world, actually. So we were very busy, and it was not only on base. We would respond off base as well. We were right on the flight line, so you had all the aircraft we dealt with. So – uh, we kind of wore a lot of different hats uh, in that fire department and stayed very busy. You know, I, I learned how to basically shut down an F-15 jet. You know, if it, something happened wow. and the guy crashes, I got to be the guy to climb up there and shut this thing down. So we got a lot of cool training uh, with that, helicopters. And uh, again, it, it was some unbelievable experiences. And how does that work as far as how many are you on for like three days straight and you hang out at the fire department? Like what, what, what's the schedule like for that? So everybody's is different. You know, ours was 24 on, 24 off in the military. You know, a lot of civilian departments are what you said. You know, you may work two, three days and you might have four or five off. So uh, being young and on the beach, it basically was 24 hours of work. Uh, we would get off about 630 in the morning. Everybody would kind of go home, uh, get a little extra sleep. About 10 a.m., time to hit the beach. You know, we packed up the coolers and, and the radios and the volleyballs and uh, hit the beach for the day and then back to work again the next day. So it was kind of four years of one day of work, one day of partying, one day of work, one day of partying. So it was a blast. Yeah, that must have been interesting for sure. I think, are you, are you still friends with, I feel like you get really close with your friend, like whoever's in your team. Either you, you better get along, I suppose, because you probably eat together, you're playing cards together, you're watching movies, playing, I don't, I imagine you're playing ping pong. I just picture like rescue me. Like everybody's just sort of, kind of sort of hanging out. I'm not sure if you've seen that Dennis Leary show. But uh, are you still friends with some of the people you uh, were with like years ago? I am uh, to this day and people all over the country, which is great. You know, the military yeah. gives you that strong bond, but a firehouse and anybody in, in a fire department knows there's no brotherhood like a fire department and a firehouse. I mean, you, you're depending on each other. You know, things can go wrong and, you know, this guy's got my back. He's going to save my life if something happens and vice versa, vice versa. I got his back. So, 
Uh, still see some of these guys to this day. Uh, one of my good buddies lives out in San Diego, always meets me in Vegas uh, for week one of the NFL season, oh, yeah. something we've been doing uh, forever. Right? That goes back 15, 20 years. So uh, a lot of guys I still keep in, in touch with and uh, friends for life. You know, and the military gives you that, but the fire department uh, is really where you meet some guys that uh, – you know, I, I, I'd still count on these guys and consider them some of my dearest friends. I know you, you go out to Vegas every single year, and I think you do, a, is it like NFPC or things like that? Is that? Yep, FFPC, always do our uh, fantasy football drafts, and uh, no place like Vegas. A, for March Madness is one time I love being there, but B, for week one of the NFL season, there's, there's just so much excitement, and uh, college football's kicking off as well. So uh, a yearly trip, and it's always the guy's trip. It's always a, an open invite. There's like a group of, 15 and some years it may be seven some years it's everybody some years it's 12 it's one of those things if you can make it you know when we're going to be there and i'm assuming this year's trip is probably in limbo right now yeah still waiting to see it's uh you know keeping an eye on you know everything obviously want everybody to be safe and and vegas sounds like they're they're starting to open things up but it's you know i'm starting to see some of these things where people are like in little booths and and playing poker and you know, how are the chips going to work, say, blackjack and poker? And I, I think there's a lot of, you know, unanswered questions. And I don't worry as much about a lot of this stuff as some people do. And, and I'm not judging anybody that does. I mean, it's sure you take the viewpoint you have. I, I worry more about I don't want to bring any of this home to my kids. If I get it, I, I'll beat it. But if I give this to my kids, I, I'm going to feel horrendous. So that's always my big concern. But, you know, Vegas, every. Are you going to walk around with masks in the casino? How are people going to smoke cigarettes with their mask? And, you know, how are they going to – I mean, there's just a lot of – when you start thinking about it – How are you going to smoke your cigarettes? There's, there's a lot of different dominoes. It's a fair that, question. I mean, it's, that, that, for those are, the you know, the, obviously the, the, the trivial things, but touching the chips and mm-hmm. slot machines. You want to sit there and touch the slot machines that, that 9,000 people have already touched. So uh, we'll see. It, it's in limbo. I, I hope we can keep the tradition going, but – you know, if not, we'll find somewhere else to go. So, all right. You mentioned you played college basketball. Uh, I was talking to Andy yesterday. He was at Duke. You guys, you guys weren't teammates. He would have mentioned that. No, sure. no, not quite at Duke. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're what six 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 seven uh, in the in the high school program six seven. You know, they always added a few inches. I'm actually <laughs> six four. I think I'm shrinking as I get older. I'm kind of I'm going wider, and and it's kind of pushing me down. <laughs> And I miss, were you a center? What was your position? I actually played shooting guard and small forward. Our our high school teams were were always very big. We always had you know guys that were six seven six like legit you know in the program they were six ten six eleven and yeah. So I had to learn quickly that to play other positions and that was a sport that I had put a lot of time into. I mean, as a kid, we literally went and played every day, all day. You know, we we'd leave in the morning and you know we we'd go find games in the neighborhood as we got older and we could drive around we would find all the different games and, you know, just, just dedicated me and my buddy would play 10, 12 hours a day. So I learned, he was a guard. I learned a lot from him, uh, how to play the position and things like that. So with, with all the big guys we had, had to kind of learn how to play different spots. So shooting guard, small forward is kind of where I ended up. Give me your, give me your comp. Who's your NBA comp? NBA, I got a lot of Dirk Nowitzki comps actually growing oh, up. Wow. That's just my, my brother always said your your game reminds me of Dirk Nowitzki. I'm like, was I that stiff? I mean, <laughs> I, I love Dirk. I, I thought I had a little bit more athleticism, but uh, to be compared, obviously, to somebody like him, I guess that that, that would be the closest. You got that I Dirk got. range? 
Uh, I mean, I, I had some three point range. Uh, Dirk kind of had, you know, out of, out of the building range. So maybe yeah. not quite to that level, but I, I could shoot it pretty well. I, I could drive, I could play down low if I needed to. So that, that was always my goal is to, to do a little bit of everything, you know, and one year I was our defensive stopper. Our team needed somebody to, to, to be that. So it was whatever role I could be. I dedicated so much time and energy into that game that, you know, felt I could offer a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to see, is there so any, any other sports? Was it just basketball? You said 10 to 12 hours of basketball, baseball, football, played soccer. baseball and football as well. Uh, football. I played freshman, sophomore year, took a year off, uh, came back as a senior, uh, played some wide receiver, tight end nice. uh, baseball. I, I played a lot of baseball growing up. I kind of lost track of it about ninth, 10th grade. You know, I baseball, I was whatever, you know, your average guy I could hit a little bit, uh, better defensively than I was offensively, played center field, but uh, was not always my best game. And with all that time, like you said, going to basketball, I became basketball and football centric. All right. Slight little hiccup there as far as the audio, if you notice a glitch of some sort. But you should mention, good time to mention, if you're listening to this here on the, the Rotogrinders podcast and the, the Rotogrinders site, we're also on YouTube. You can see our very handsome mugs, myself and Beer Makers fan. That's good times as well. If you're Watching on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe and comment and all that good stuff. Beer, we were talking about your origin story as far as DFS and how you got involved. And you said Fandle. You saw a commercial for Fandle, and I guess you started playing Fandle at the same time or similar time when you were, uh, I guess, at college. That's kind of when you discovered it? Yeah, so after the military, uh, you know, I wanted to be a firefighter in, in real life, as they say, as a civilian. But uh, all, the certi- all the certifications that we got in, in the military – did not transfer over to city department. So I basically would have had to start all over uh, and do two, three years of schooling. And at that age, you know, again, my wife and I weren't married yet, but we were starting to look at that and starting a family is like, do I really want to start over? You know, I, I know everything I need to know, but do I want to go through two, three years of schooling of stuff I already know? So kind of scrapped that, but did go back to school uh, in search of, of a, another degree in management. So that's where I'd spent time in class kind of learning about <laughs> FanDuel and uh, as bad as it is to say. But uh, so that was 2008, I want to say, something around that time. So did really well in the beginning. And there weren't a lot of people. You know, you see FanDuel now and it, it's commercials and sports books and all this. It was, you know, probably 30, 40, 50 people. There was a chat room and you knew everybody. You know, every night it was, you know, chatting, talking crap back and forth and you know, the games are very small, the, the tournaments, you know, if it was a $500 guaranteed tournament, you're like, oh, big tournament tonight <laughs> where now it's, you know, millions of dollars being thrown around. So uh, very small, but uh, did very well in the beginning. It, it was just something that I, you know, took very quickly to. And back then there wasn't a lot of uh, stats and projections and ownership projections. And, you know, it was more of like, I remember when I discovered BVP and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this is a gold mine. Nobody knows about this. So uh, implemented a lot of that. I know that's a hot topic now, BVP matter or not, but uh, just some of the stuff where you can have an edge and uh, there just wasn't the information that there is today. So just kind of grew from there. Had, had a lot of success early on. Uh, I remember meeting Cal at the first FanDuel final and that's kind of how I got uh, into Roto Grinders is, you know, we, we met and kind of stayed in touch. And then the following year, I won the FanDuel uh, Fantasy Football Championship. It was 2010 or 11. Uh, and then started at Roto-Grinders not long after that, just just doing different articles. And uh, the six-pack video started soon after that, which which I'm proud to say is still going. I uh, love doing it. But 
uh, that's that's kind of how everything went in the beginning, and it's, it's kind of snowballed ever since. Yeah, so you hit on like my next five questions. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to ask. I, I you said you were good. Uh, well, first of all, were you one of the one of those one of those jerks in chat? Fando once had a chat. Fando had a chat, and he did. Chipper people would just write Chipper Jones Dong, and like it never happened. No, no, no I, I hated that guy, and although I just that would drive me nuts. Or this guy's get injured, or you know, just just the come on, man. So there were Trolls. some names in there that that you know were were kind of the the annoyers of the group, but for the most part, it, everyone was cool, and you know, some of those names are are still around today. Not very many. Mm-hmm. Head chopper being one of them, but uh, diff- different times back then for sure. You said you were good. Uh, I, I guess at some point, how far in did you have like a big hit? Did you have a big score right away? And you said, oh, wait a second, maybe I can actually make this a living to some extent. And like you said, obviously the uh, the prize pools are super small. Like Chop was telling me, like it was head to head, or head to head was pretty popular, or even like ten man or twenty man pools. This is essentially what was what was going on in the in the uh, original days. Which I don't know how much of a living you make off that. Maybe head-to-heads and just keep crushing every single night. But, uh, again, there's not a lot of people playing anyways. So you realized you were doing well. At what point did you say, let's take it to the next level, or you're kind of waiting for Fandle to progress and pump up those, uh, you know, uh, the prize pools? Yeah, it was a lot more cash games for me back then. A lot of head-to-heads, you know, like three-mans, five-mans, ten-mans. That, that that was the way to go. You know, yes, you you would play a little bit in tournaments, but – Let's be honest. Who's getting excited about a $500 tournament when, you know, you can go out and play a bunch of cash games. So the issue then, and a lot of guys have the same issue now is finding enough games. You know, there, there wasn't a lot of people on the site. So, you know, as I, as I saw success, you know, as the story goes, you go up in levels, you start playing at higher buy-ins and then the draft streets of the world and uh, oh, yeah. draft day. And uh, what, what was the one? It was, it was like a, a magic. Oh, it's what the hell? Daily joust. Daily joust. Yes, I was thinking like the court jester. But so then, <laughs> as as the sites grew, that that was a way to kind of get more action out there and and kind of spread things out uh, to different sites. So just did very well in the head to heads cash games, and then you know the Fanduel final uh, went out there and, and basically crapped the bed the first year. So it was almost a mission of you know, I'm going to redeem myself and to get back out there. Uh, and that's what happened, kind of. You know, got back into uh, into the Fanduel Fanduel Championship, but uh, my daughter was about to be born, so that's a whole story in itself. I wasn't able to go out there. Uh, my dad represented me out there, had a hell of a time uh, partying it up, but uh, ended up winning seventy five thousand dollars, which back then, yeah, that was a massive prize. You know, there there was nothing even close to that. So that kind of propelled things even to a bigger level, where now you know I had some money to you know, put away for the family and, and start looking into a new house. Also had money to invest and start playing more tournaments, higher buy-ins, things like that. So kind of that was pretty much the, the launching point uh, to where we are today. Do you remember your team, uh, the, the winning team that won you 75K? Can you run off those players? I remember some of the big pieces. And the first one was Maurice Jones-Drew at four touchdowns against Tampa Bay <laughs> and, and and went out the next day and bought a Maurice Jones-Drew jersey. And you know, he, he follows me on Twitter. It's still one of my, my proudest follows that, that I got. But, uh, Did, that you was Did you let him know? Did you let him the story? I, I've reached out to him. A few, I don't want to be the guy like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I mean <laughs> – would love to get him to autograph the jersey. So, Mojo, if you're listening, uh, I've still I've still got that jersey here. But um, the the biggest thing that happened is because I had to stay home. You know, it was a tough decision. Mm-hmm. Do I go out there? My daughter's about to be born. 
any day. And I'm, I'm a family first guy, you know, so sure. it was, it was, at the end of the day, it was an easy choice. But so I'm sitting there, I'm watching the pregame show. And I remember I had Jimmy Graham in my lineup and five, 10 minutes before games lock, there was some issue. Jimmy Graham, it was uh, the guy, the guy, Glazer was saying, Jimmy Jay Graham's Glazer. having issues in warmups. So I swapped him out for Antonio Gates. Gates went on to have two touchdowns in that game. But I'm thinking if I was out in Vegas, I would not have made, I would not have been paying attention to the news that close. Mm-hmm. I would have been, you know, lying upset. I'm partying. I'm playing blackjack. I'm ready to rock. So, you know, staying home ended up, uh, Ended up being a blessing. But the, the lineup outside of Maurice Jones-Jones and Antonio Gates, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, that's awesome. You let your dad have the experience as well, too. And I'm sure you, you don't regret it. And just were you able to uh, – were you in the hospital, like, as this game – how, how close was it? Were you watching, like, the NFL channels uh, in the hospital as far as having a child? Or was it basically like a day – day before day after kind of thing so it was about two days before she was due yeah. i think it was on the, she was due on the 11th and that was the day of the game so we were at home just kind of waiting i uh, had some family over watching the games uh, just sitting in the living room and uh, she ended up being born two days later so could i have gone out there yes uh, to risk yeah. it no and, and my dad had a blast like i said i, I remember him calling me that night like I'm going to spend $25,000 on a private jet to, to get home out of the 75, if you don't mind. So just, just out there living it up, which, you know, meant the world to him. Uh, he loved this industry. And, and you know, and a, a lot of guys uh, from Roto-Grinders have met Pops and, and knew him and, you know, unfortunately passed away a few years ago. But uh, just memories that, that I, you know, cherish greatly, that he had a great time with it, uh, something that we kind of bonded over. Can't put a price on that. Uh, first, how about the first experience? What you, is there something you learned from the first experience? Were you overwhelmed? Were you at the blackjack table at three, four, or five o'clock in the morning, and you just kind of like uh, didn't exactly put the right work in, or it just was a variance that got you? It's always variance. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, the, the lineup was kind of poor and, and made a lot of last minute uh, swaps and things at the end that that didn't work out. So you know, it, it, it's easy to say, well, I made the wrong swaps. Well, the next year I made the swaps and it worked out. So. Uh, that's kind of, you know, a lot of people blame this variance that, oh, if I could have done this or I was two guys <laughs> short of it, like, did you win or not? Let, let's just get <laughs> to the point. You know, I don't want to see your winnings in the beginning of the day. At the end of the day, are you profitable or not? And if you're not, make some changes, do some things differently. But I, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. You know, you, you're out in Vegas, you're meeting a lot of people, you're partying, you know, I probably didn't put the time into it uh, that I should have. So definitely a lesson learned. And uh, kind of, you know, the, you know, Michael Jordan held on to some things that spurned him forward. You know, that was that was really a big. It, it was a motivator for me, and I want to redeem myself. I want to do better, and fortunately, got that opportunity the next year. I thought you were going with Jordan and like you know, uh, and uh, you know, Dennis Robin going to Vegas and just you know, partying all night. Well, that's 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 a given. I mean, we we, we, we have a good time when we're out there. So uh, I just wanted to compare myself to Jordan here for a minute. Understood. Uh, so you said you met Cal. I, I was talking to Andy yesterday. Andy, so I'm always curious, uh, you know, not just your DFS origin story, but how you got involved with Rotogrounders as well. Uh, Andy's like, he just wrote them a letter, essentially. He wrote Cam, and like, he's kind of, you know, met up and it's like, all right, let's make this happen. And you said uh, you and Cal, I don't know if it was Cal, was Cal a finalist that year? Does that work out as a finalist? Yeah, he was in the, the first year as well. I, I think uh, he was in the second, I don't remember if he was in the second year or not. But yeah, we met, you know, and then I met Cam and then Dan came along and it kind of slowly came together. You know, I, I did a few things here and there. Then I think we actually lost, you know, didn't do much with them for, for a year, year and a half. And then 
uh, kind of came back to it and, and started doing a lot more. Uh, you know, the serious show came up then. So uh, started that with Dan and was proud of all that. And then the videos, like I said, the six pack video, uh, seemingly been around forever. Uh, Grinders Live back in the day, I remember them doing it in my bathroom. My kids would walk in and you know, just, just an absolute shit show going on. But, uh, so it, it's been a long, winding road, but uh, I've, I've met some great people. I've had some great experiences along the way. Yeah, the six pack is how is six pack around for like seven years or something like that. It's been a long yeah, time. I think it's six, seven years now. It's going on. So I, I, like I always say, you know, and people, you know, think you're you're bullshitting, but it's like I, I appreciate the people watching it. Without them, if nobody wants to watch it, there is no video. So you know, people continue to 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 want to see it, and I'll continue to put it out there as long as people are enjoying it. Yeah, talk to me about playing and content and how to juggle both. And it certainly depends upon like when you're putting your content out. If you're putting content out like up to the wire, up to the last minute, if you're on serious, you're on the radio, whatever you're doing, uh, a minute before lock, it's really hard to make the most optimal lineups. <laughs> so how do you sort of juggle that? And how is your gameplay adjusted because of it? Because myself personally, like if I'm doing a show, if I'm doing some sort of content like up to the wire, I just can't play my usual amount. I just can't play as much as I want to necessarily. Or if it's basketball, maybe I'll say, who's playing in the first game? Do I need anybody in this first game? I don't need anybody. I'll just backload my rosters and figure it out when I get off air. How, how do you adjust to the balance as far as putting out content and uh, making your own personal lives? Oh, very similar to you. You know, if I know I'm going to be on a show, whether it's NBA lock, MLB lock, or a, a Sunday morning football show, uh, you know, I, I kind of dial it back a little bit to me. Obviously, you want you want your best lineups, and I still think you can do that. But the most important thing, if you're if you're delivering content, is deliver quality content, not be you know working on this and that. And uh, I'm on Twitter, and I'm you know fixing my own lineups, and and, uh, and I'm half-ass answering somebody's question on things. So you know, I always took great pride in, in the advice that I gave, and, and wanted somebody to, to be profitable from that advice. So it's almost impossible. And some people. They can multitask better. That that's not me, you know. Like you said, if if I if I'm doing a show, it's tough to to lock down your lineups and give top notch advice. So I just dial it back a little bit. You know, I have things kind of pre ready. You know, NBA, MLB, that's a lot harder. You know, you need the lineups, you need the injury news. NFL, not as hard. You know, you, yeah. you pretty much have there's there's not many breaking injuries on Sunday morning, so you can kind of have things ready to go. Uh, with some small tweaks, but spend a lot of time at night. You know, my wife goes to bed pretty early. The kids go to bed. That's my time to to research and things like that, where it doesn't take away uh, from family time. So it gives me that that opportunity to really get ready for whether it's doing a show or getting my own lineups ready. You are a Packer fan. I have to ask you about what the Packers have done. Uh, were you pleased with the their recent draft? No, not not pleased at all. I mean. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's been said the worst draft of all time. And, and it's not just the green Bay Packers. I, I'm, you know, of any team ever to draft a football draft that this was one of the worst. I mean, part of me sees, okay, that they're looking at a future with Jordan love. I, I understand Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. I certainly understand that. But when you have a team that that's close to a super bowl and yes, San Francisco throttled them, you know, are they that close? They still were an NFC championship team. So, you got a few years left of Rodgers. Why not surround him with weapons? Get some of these wide receivers in the best wide receiver class we've seen uh, in a long time. But no, they trade up for a quarterback. And, and the teams they traded up ahead of, 
they, they didn't even need a quarterback. It was really head scratching. Then come back, get a running back. Then come back and get a, a blocking tight end. Don't draft a wide receiver in seven rounds. It's just a lot of question marks. Jordan Love himself, you know, is he, when is he going to be ready to go? I, I wasn't a fan of him as a prospect. Now what? He sits behind Rodgers a year, two years, three years. You waste that rookie contract, which we've seen Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's kind of the new way uh, teams are doing things. Get a quarterback that's not right. It's not eating up 30, 35 million year salary cap, and you can put tons of weapons around him and make a run at it. You're going to waste two, three years with this guy as a backup and, and kind of waste that opportunity when you draft a first round quarterback. So, just head scratching in, in a lot of ways. Was not happy with it. I can see what they're looking to do in the future, but you know, why, why piss off Aaron Rodgers? You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. You can only pick one, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. <sighs> Brett Favre gave me, like, heart attacks. You know, that, that guy, <laughs> he was either going to win you the game or he was going to lose you the game, and three interceptions were coming in that game. At some point, you just hoped it wasn't uh, the last drive. I'm, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers, just some, some of the plays he's made and I, I never have worries. If it's the end of the game and Aaron Rodgers has the ball, I feel damn good about it. Brett Favre, as good as he was, as much as I loved watching him as a gunslinger, you were damn nervous watching that dude at the end of the game because uh, you just never know when that turnover was coming. So I, I love them both, but I'm going to go with Rodgers. Do you have a favorite moment uh, as far as being at a game? Do you get to go to games often? And not necessarily Packers, any sporting event. I was at the Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary game. I, I live in the Detroit area, so I always try to go oh. to when, when Green Bay comes to Detroit. Uh, I try to make it to that game. You know, it at least gives me one game a year. Try to get back to Lambeau as much as I can. But uh, that game was in Detroit, and I was literally staring, right? It had great seats. <laughs> Fandle, Fandle hooked me up. I there took, you go. I had about 12 to 15 family members and a couple buddies from high school came into town and just a bunch of us at the game. And, and I remember just getting prodded all the whole game by my, my brother-in-law who the lions were winning this entire game from start to finish. They were either tied or winning the game. So the entire time he's laughing, he's, he's poking at me and I'm starting to get mad. I'm starting to get irritated. <laughs> it's finally catch, catching up after three hours. It takes a lot. You know, I, I'm pretty patient, but eventually you know, I'm starting to get mad. But then the play happens. And again, I'm sitting right, looking right into the end zone where it happens. And it seemed like the ball was in the air for about an hour. You know, mm -hmm. I thought I was going to hit the, the roof of the, the damn building, but uh, ends up making the catch. And we just go absolutely nuts. Me and two of my buddies were the only Packer fans in the entire section. My wife's family is all Lions fans, and we're just hooting and hollering and jumping oh. over seats. And, you know, we, we were downtown hooting and hollering and had to be reminded, like, hey, you're in Detroit. You may oh. want to uh, may want to tone it down a little bit. Here. Are, you you wearing, are, are, you, are you wearing the Packers jersey too? Oh, yeah. you, you're full, going full, full on, on Packer yeah. gear. No, no cheese head, but full on yeah. Packer gear. And, yeah, we, I mean, we were, we were just going around downtown like, like wild men. And then got the reminder like hey tone it down a little bit but but just just an unbelievable experience you know and, and there was a lot of Packer fans in that building and you could just hear the air being sucked out of that place and, and the excitement uh, when he came down with that catch it just it easily uh, best moment I ever had as a live live event and to be there was awesome 
And that was that was major playoff implications, right? Like that was like week fifteen, week sixteen, something like that. I feel like it was. Yeah, really I think we had season. to. I I don't remember how it worked out, but we needed to win, whether it was to get into yeah. playoffs or for seeding purposes. There there was something to do that 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 made it even that more more important. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, look, maybe if you were if you were in six, I think you're taller than six three. By the way, <laughs> this last I saw you, my memory has you much taller for some reason. But like somebody would say, man, maybe you shouldn't mess this guy. Let him enjoy it. Let him have it. And Detroit fans, they're just used to, unfortunately, it's sad. I'm sorry. They, they are. I mean, they, I, I feel bad for them they, and they're loyal, man. Every, my buddy every year is, and I've known him for 12 years here and it's, this is the year, man. And he gives me the whole breakdown of why the lions are going to win this year. And it's like, come on, they're, they're something's up with the lot. They're cursed or whatever it is. They're going to find a way to lose. So I want to say it was one of the only times. Time or maybe the only time in NFL history, a team led from the start of the game till zero on the clock and ended up losing the game. I mean, they, they led the entire game. That Hail Mary came at the buzzer. Green Bay wins. So it just that that's the Lions in a nutshell right there. Your buddy is the guy that like and I and we all have friends like this who says, yeah, I know the Dolphins were 7-9 and nine last year, but if you look at this game and if you look at that game and if oh, that yeah. happened and this happened <laughs> and this happened, if these four things happened, they would have been 11-5. and five. And and it's like, okay, let's just assume that's true. Let's assume that's true. Sure, why not? But how about of those seven wins, there was three things in those wins that they probably shouldn't win the game. No, so, we're not going to talk about so, that part. That doesn't matter. No, no, that, that doesn't count. All the wins are valid. The yeah. losses, I can find a reason why they should have won. 100%. We all have that friend. We all know oh, yeah. that guy. For sure. Uh, so you're a beer makers fan. I know that's a brewer's thing, but – that all I have to ask you your favorite beer. And especially I, I pulled up your tweets in preparation for this interview. I pulled up some of your tweets and uh, you had this meme. Uh, it was a meme about drinking in lockdown. <laughs> so, I, I think you've been thirsty is basically what I gathered in that tweet. So well, what are we drinking? What, what's our uh, I, I try to mix it up. So, uh, I mean, Bell's Oberon is one of my favorite summer beers. That, that's a, Michigan's got a lot of great uh, big breweries, Founders, Bell's, uh, shorts. To, there's a lot of good beer here in Michigan. So Oberon's a good summer beer. And then as it gets colder, I kind of switch to, to the darker, heavier stouts and porters, oh, things yeah. like that. I have a lot of stuff down uh, in, in the cellar, down in the man cave. A lot of beers you can age. It's almost like wine. You know, the, the bigger beers, the 10, 12 percenters, you, you can sit on them for three, four, five years. And some get better with age, some don't. Uh, it's kind of a fun little hobby. So as quarantine has happened, I've really been raiding the cellar, you know, which is good because I, you know, before that I'm looking at this, all this beer, I'm like, never going to drink all this, you know? And a lot of times it's, you have the guys over, you have a bottle share, you open up a bunch of stuff, but I'm still looking like there's no way, but quarantine has put a dent uh, in the cellar, which, which has been good. Not, not for the waistline, but uh, keeping me sane with all these kids running around. Are you one of these guys that just like wouldn't drink a Budweiser or like a Natty Ice or a White Claw? Like, are, are you, because I'm, I'm one of the, I'll call myself out. I'm one of those guys that just won't do it. <laughs> White Claw, no. I, I mean, my brother drinks them in Vegas, and we just tamer them the whole weekend. So, I mean, if White Claw is your thing, hey, you know, I, I'm never going to judge anybody. I, I sure. prefer craft beer. That That's what I'm going to reach for. But, you know, if that's not the choice, and there's a, a Coors Light, a Miller Light, a lot of my buddies here uh, in the neighborhood, that's what they drink. So, I, I keep the fridge stocked with their crap as well. And sometimes <laughs> after I cut the grass and I always call it a can of water. I, I mess with them I'm half joking, but you know, reach for that Coors light, get, get some water, stay hydrated. But you know, I, I'll drink that stuff. If, if that's what my options are better that than nothing. 
But White uh, Claw, no, I'm not drinking a White Claw. Just not it, doing it. You know what's a pretty hot to the debate on Twitter is the IPAs. People are very passionate about IPAs. I, I'm just, I don't have any thoughts. I'm just, I don't think it's for me, but I'm not angry about it. If you, if you want to enjoy it, have at it. Like why, you know, it's, it's okay. I don't want to diminish your enjoyment. That's, I, do you I don't, I don't IPAs? I, I enjoy IPAs. What my hot take is why in the hell are people so worried about what everybody else is doing or liking yeah. or who cares? <laughs> Do it, it doesn't do affect you, you in any what, way. Right. What, what do you what do you like? That's all, I don't care if you drink white claws or wine or uh IPAs. It's not gonna change my opinion of Dean. I love Dean. It don't matter what you're drinking. As long as you're drinking something. It, it's the guys that are drinking nothing. Those and, are the ones is that right or sour okay? Is, is am I okay with an Amrado Sour? You gonna you're not gonna reconsider oh, yeah, your thoughts for about sure. I mean and and <laughs> No, no, my wife likes some amaretto sour. So there you go. <laughs> you and my wife are in the yeah. same boat. Everybody's wife. Likes I don't, I don't know what that says about you or not, but uh, you guys are in the same hey, boat. I, I'll go full amaretto sour. I'll get some extra cherries too while I'm at it. Sure, why not? Uh, I did have a question here from Twitter. I made it, I made it know that we're, uh, we're having this conversation and you were talking about your Packers fandom. We're talking about DFS. Do you ever let your uh, fandom get in the way of your DFS play, like your, the players you want to roster? I, I try my absolute best to put that aside. And, and I think over the years that that's gotten a little easier, you know, in the beginning, you know, pe- people always say fantasy, you know, you want to root for your favorite players, things like that. And, and I certainly think uh, there's room for that and, you know, in season long, things like that. Uh, but in DFS, you got to put all that aside. You know, what, what's the best play uh, regardless if it's your favorite player or not. So over the years, I think I've been able to separate that, not only from my play, from my analysis as well. I don't want that to be, you know, driven by Packers and Bucks and, and Brewers all the time. You know, sometimes those guys are going to be the best options and guys that I'm going to recommend. But uh, for the most part, after doing this for so long, I'm pretty good about, you know, separating the two. And you know, I spend more time with my fantasy stuff than I do watching the Packers. That used to be vice versa. Uh, now it's, you know, the Packers come secondary. All right. Speaking of uh, the research I was doing, I rated your Twitter uh, when I asked you about some tweets. Uh, here's a tweet you made. It said, all this Tiger King talk has intrigued me. Worth a watch? Question mark. Were you sold? Have you have you watched some Tiger King? And uh, what are your thoughts? I absolutely was sold. I just needed that little push over the end. You know, there's so many options. You know, we're in quarantine. It's like, okay, I, I got to hit Netflix. I got to find some stuff to watch. And you know, I'm looking at this. I'm like, this is not my kind of show, but let's give it a whirl. And I'm glad I jumped in. You know, people ask, is it good? <laughs> I, I think it's a, it's a train wreck is what I call it. Do you, do you like train wrecks and, and things that you can't even fathom happening in real life are, are happening with all these people? So I, I did enjoy it. But now, you know, my kids, they, they do some stuff on TikTok. And there's like, like a, oh, they, no. they were singing this song and there was a Carol Baskin song on TikTok. <laughs> so they're singing it. And I'm like, hell, do you know who Carol Baskin is? And they're like, oh, it's a TikTok. Like, no, that's the, that's the Tiger King lady. But uh, a great watch. I, I recommend it uh, to, you know, anyone looking for something to watch, uh, I'll put that near the top of the list. You haven't watched it already. Seems, seems like everybody's watched it. Did you make any cameo appearances on there? They watching TikToks or are they recording their own? They're trying to go they viral. They watch them mostly. They do a little recording. Obviously, all are uh, pre-approved. I gotta, yeah. I gotta check it out before because some of the songs, you know, that that are on TikTok, yeah. you know, they they may not know what it means, but it's like you're not you're not putting that out there. So uh, they're they're getting good about knowing which songs are gonna you know pass by dad and which ones are not. You mentioned Carol Baskin. Did she kill her ex-husband? 
That's a great question. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go a yes, just because it's more fun to say yes than no. I mean, if she did and fed him to a tiger, that that's just, I mean, what a way to get rid of the evidence that, I mean, that that's the way to do it right there. I put out a poll on Twitter, like when it was happening, everybody was watching it. Like basically like, what do you, th- do you think it happened? Like 95% of the people said she did it. Like, I don't want those guys on my jury, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's not fun to say, I don't know. And like, get like a real reason to answer. Very suspicious. From, from well, what I mean, reported. it's it's the way the show is set up as well. Sure. They they paint her to be the bad guy. It's like it's like the making a murderer. They they paint him out to be. There's no way that he could have done this. And that uh, happened around you, right? I, I imagine or that no? was Wisconsin. That was a, a different world in Wisconsin. Now, okay. There's different parts of state. You know the parts of each state I'm talking sure. about. Where it's like you know in Michigan <laughs> here is the UP. The UP is a, a different place. It, Upper a Peninsula world. Yeah, it's just the, the people are different. The, it's just – and Wisconsin has the same kind of things where some areas the people are a little different, and you saw that in that documentary. <laughs> that nice one I highly recommend as well. That, that, that's pretty good watch right there. What else What, what else do you have on Netflix? Well, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've been firing some stuff out, and uh, as far as things you may have binge-watched, what, what would you recommend? We talked uh, pre-show about Ozark. We like Ozark. Ozark, fantastic. Uh, you know, I think it starts off a little slow, and, and that kind of scares people away. Uh, Bloodline was another one that, that started slow but but gets going, but re- highly recommend Ozark. Uh, I just finished Waco, which is a, obviously, you know, the Branch Davidians, David Koresh back in the day. Uh, it's a six, I think it's like six parts, uh, one hour shows. It's got, uh, did you watch that, Friday is Night docu- Lights? Is, is that a documentary or is that? No, a, it's uh it's like, uh, they, they a re- 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 yeah, it's okay. got, did you watch Friday Night Lights? I did not. And I actually put oh, out, speaking of, I have to, I, I, I think I have to watch it because I want to pull the, the next show I got to watch. So I got to yeah, get on board and watch it. Sell me on it. That's some great TV right there. But anyway, Tim Reagan's, uh, from that show plays David Koresh does a good job. So uh, that one was good. And then I just finished uh, QB1, which was a documentary about uh, the top high school quarterbacks. Uh, they follow around three guys every year. Uh, the last one had uh, Fields from Ohio State. So uh, that was a good watch. And then Last Chance You, I'm finally catching up on that. I haven't gotten to that, but I hear it's great. I, and there's multiple oh, it's, seasons, it's, and I guess multiple uh, teams they follow. And uh, I, yeah, I've, I've heard that's a really good watch. There's so many good things that are on TV now. It's just like, it's, it just never ends. Uh, movies, I don't know, maybe not as much. I feel like the best writers are probably involved in TV these days. Do you have a do you have a favorite TV show, just general TV show of all time? So I have a top three in no particular order. Or okay. I cannot decide which one I like best. But uh, Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, and The Sopranos are, are my top three. So uh, Breaking Bad, I'm actually watching again. The wife had never seen it, so oh. we're going back. I'm like, I'll watch it again. So uh, doing that now, but. Uh, the other two, Sons of Anarchy, Sopranos, uh, some great, great TV and movies. The problem is there's no original ideas. It's let's remake this, let's remake that, let let's go back and do the Terminator again, and like let's let's get some fresh ideas going here. I think that the the, the studios just are hesitant to, to make fresh ideas because it's more risky than it is to say here's here's Superman again and here give us another billion dollars. Uh, like, I get they it. Just I understand. A Bat- Batman's coming back again. How, how many yes. Batman trilogies do we really need? Spider-Man. We've done that 55 times. Like, let's get something fresh. But they make money. New. Like, I understand why they do it. <laughs> I get it. I can't argue you. that. That's, that's the bottom line right there, the money. 
Uh, I think Robert Pattinson, I believe, is the Batman. The guy from the Twilight series, I believe, is playing Batman now. Which is, I didn't watch Twilight, so I don't That's... really have much of a takeaway on that, dude. Uh, is the Sopranos? Is that the best theme song of all time for TVs? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, no doubt. Yeah, there's one show. Day. There's one show. It's always in the conversation that I surprisingly haven't seen is The Wire. Yeah, you got to fire it up. I mean, you, you got to cross it off one of these days. It's it's. I don't know if it's top five for me. Like everybody says, oh, it's The Wire. It's it's really good. It's really good. I would definitely recommend it. And uh, well, what but, are your? Let me interview you here. What what are your top shows? Oh, maybe, maybe I'll get a new show to watch here. Um. I mean, I'm the chalk too when it comes to Breaking Bad. And I had this conversation the other day with somebody else. And like, it, you, you know, you know, like the Men in Black one that just kind of like erases your mind and like you forget whatever just happened. If I, how much could I, we were talking about? How much would you pay to have the Men in Black one like zap you so you forget you ever saw Breaking Bad and you get to watch it again for the very first time? That would be awesome. Even rewatching, it's like you know, you you remember most of it and and the story, but there's still some things you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that or. I don't want to give any any spoilers here, so I won't say specific parts. But what, the the pizza on on the roof of the garage, like <laughs> I mean, it's just just classic stuff you forget. That's about. An amazing. That was like a one take thing, I believe. That's just like that's what. Just, I, yeah, it's, yeah. How does I that happen? That. I don't know. <laughs> it, they thought it would take him like thirty attempts to do it. He did it on the first one. It was uh, pretty impressive. You've been watching Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, love love that as well. I, I don't know that it's as good as Breaking Bad, but the last couple seasons it. Mm-hmm. Have, once it started to intertwine with Breaking Bad, I think it got a lot more interesting. I mean, the first few seasons, good. I was kind of getting sick of the brother and the whole electricity thing, and you know, that got a little bit old. But the last it's few a seasons slow burn. Have been outstanding. It's definitely yeah, a slow sure. burn, and it's just like it takes. It's just like Breaking Bad, and like so few shows are like season two is better than season one, season three is better than season season two, and by it just yep. progressively gets better and better and better and bigger and bigger and bigger. And like, I thought when they were talking about better, better call saw coming out, I was like, well, I guess this is just sort of kind of like a goofy money grab. Just like they want to play out, like they want to make some money off of breaking bad somehow. I thought it was just get kind of like this sort of like watchable, passable show. But turns out, like I was saying Saturday too, you can make the argument. I'm not saying this is true. You can make the argument that Vince Gilligan, the guy who created both shows, created the two best shows in the 21st century. You can argue that at least, I think. Yeah, I'm not against it. I, I really enjoy Saul. So he's a good character. I was a little like you at first. I'm like, yeah, you know, they're just trying to keep the momentum going here. But uh, definitely worth the watch. Yeah, and, uh, and it's funny, the dichotomy, because uh, the female lead in better um, in Breaking Bad, everybody – Everybody hates the female lead in Breaking Bad, and but you know for whatever I mean, she it's a whole that's a whole other conversation, right? But uh, I mean, she's right on a lot of things. <laughs> she wants her I, husband to stop I never, something. yeah, I never hated her as much as a lot of like she's like a lot of people's worst character ever. Like she wasn't wrong with any of the stuff she had, you know. She, she always accused him of all the stuff that he was doing. So I, I never quite saw the issue. Definitely see why people hate her, but she's not wrong. I thought it was interesting that they wrote, like, I think the most likable female character in, in uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, just kind of, the, the kind of both sides of it, at least to me. And why, for some reason, I'm losing her name, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The lawyer. Uh, Kim. Kim. What's, Wexler. What's last name? Wexler, yep. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what do we have as far? Oh, I, I, this is a question I like to ask, and you never really know what you're going to get from it. Uh, do you have a random celebrity encounter? I met Hulk Hogan uh, in the Atlanta airport. It was, uh, I was transferring planes. I don't even, I think it was during my military time. I might've been going home, but it was like nine in the morning. 
he was sitting there eating Chinese food in the airport. <laughs> and my, my wife, I think she was my girlfriend at the time. We're walking. I'm like, you know, I was a big wrestling fan back in the day. I'm like, holy shit, that's Hulk Hogan over there. The dude was yoked, obviously, but yeah. top yoked. When you looked, his legs were about as skinny as mine. Like, so oh. Hulk's got to hit some leg day. But anyway, I'm, I'm debating, like, do I go over there? Now there's all these little kids gathering, and they're going over there. I'm like, do I want to be that guy? But, you know, I was like, yeah, why not? So I went and took a picture with Hulk Hogan in the Atlanta airport. There you, so uh, back in the day, who was uh, who was your guy? It was was it Hulk Hogan? Was it was it The Rock? Was it Stone Cold? Did you have a guy that was uh, your favorite wrestler? I I was a little bef- I was in the Hulk area a little you know during that time Stone Cold and The Rock was, was cool but it was I was more of the the eighties the Ultimate Warrior was my uh. guy I mean just running to the ring and and shaking <laughs> the ropes and the music and uh, that it was it was like he was gonna have a heart attack any second which. Didn't he die, or there was a couple different versions of him, or there's a story. couple no, different versions of him. But the the original uh, Ultimate Warrior, they put him in the WWE Hall of Fame, and like a day or two later, he died. Yeah, it's just uh, just sort of weird how that worked out. Uh, yeah, pr- pretty crazy story there for sure. Uh, la- so, la- do you have a last great movie you've seen, or we talked about movies, but like we're talking about how movies just aren't that great anymore. How about like a, are you nostalgic for one? What's the one you can keep watching over and over again? I always enjoyed like the, the gangster flicks. So Goodfellas, uh, The Departed is one when it's on. Oh, yeah. I, I always watch it. Uh, Casino, movies like that. So uh, if I have to say one, Goodfellas, I, I just always love that movie. Uh, there hasn't been a good gangster movie in a long time. What, what was the last one that came out that was like five hours long? Uh, what, the one, uh, The Irishman. Yeah, I, I did not like it. And I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I, I'm halfway through it and I'm falling asleep. And I'm like, oh, I might have to break this up into two parts. And, you know, I, I, I worked through it, but uh, I, I, it was all right. I, it just was not on the level of some of those other movies, in my opinion. Somebody presented this theory to me on The Irishman. Uh, people don't like it as much because it's on Netflix. And when it's on Netflix, you can kind of sort of watch it at a convenience. And it's a long movie, too. So a lot of people aren't watching it necessarily in all one sitting. It's like three hours or so. Uh, if it was on Netflix, it was just like released in the theaters. Uh, people would dedicate. They would turn off their phone and they would give it the three hours that like it deserves. Therefore, I think they would enjoy it more. Just a, just a theory. Disagree. I, I don't think I saw any of these these movies I just named in the theater. They were all DVD and, and Blu-ray. So what's the difference? So uh, no, disagree. Fair enough. Just, just not still, a great movie. What happened to all those DVD collections people have at their house? Like they're on display. Are they still on display? Are people still doing that? So funny you mentioned that. Uh, I saw a story the other day about a Michael Jordan rookie card selling for $100,000 or close to it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I know I don't have a Jordan rookie, but I used to collect cards way back in the day. I, I know I still have some somewhere. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to try to dig some out. So found some cards, no Jordan rookies. So it's still kind of working through that, but found my, an entire bin of DVDs. I mean, you're, you're talking <laughs> TV shows. Uh, every series, every year of The Sopranos. I mean, it's like, what? What am I going to do with these? I always thought sometime, someday, somewhere along the line, they may be worth some money, but uh, probably not. Just, just holding a bunch of bins in my basement. Yeah, right now, I mean, it's so obsolete that here's season three of The Sopranos. Great. I have Netflix or HBO Go or right. Amazon, or I don't need that. Like, what? What's? I mean, 
outside of like maybe being a talking point if it's on display it's like oh you like the sopranos i like the sopranos (laughs) i used used to live at best buy like if there was Uh new cds new dvds like i you just had to have it now it's like you you don't need to do any of that i don't even know how best buy survives that that seemed to be the a big part of what they were was cds dvds now it's like what what i know they sell appliances and computers and phones and all that but uh no cds no dvds it's kind of weird I'm with you. I used to love browsing the CDs, the CD collections, and like the whole CD section. And I, I could be wrong here, but I think I think they might have just got rid of CDs altogether and display in the store. I feel like that's a thing. I think their CDs just gone. I, to, what was the last CD you bought? Can you remember? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember seeing them. I haven't. I haven't been in a Best Buy in, in a long time, so that, that would make sense. I used to like the the secondhand. You know, it was it wasn't quite a record store, but they had all the used CDs. Mm-hmm. And you could browse through all those, and they were usually three to five dollars, and find some classics in there. But just weird. Now the, the kids now they're like they don't even know what the hell a CD is. Like things just change so quickly. I used to go to CD heaven all the time in South Florida and yeah, it was like seven bucks a CD and it was awesome. It was, and if you found like a brand new CD, it was like gold. Like you pounced yeah, on oh, yeah. it. To, <laughs> how, how about your first CD? You remember the first CD you bought? Oh, that was bad. I want to say it was either you mine, Bush, Bush or Warren G <laughs> are, are two of the first CDs I remember having. <laughs> well, what was sure. yours? <laughs> Is that nothing but a G thing? And the Bush, um, was it the glycerine? No, what was it called? Nothing but a G thing. That was Dr. Dre. That was one of the first ones. Oh, no. I just been outed. Regulators was the song in the Warren G. I forget what the the album was called. Bush was uh, 16 Stone. 16 Stone. Yes. There you go. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. uh, What was yours? My first was Stone Table Pilots Purple. Oh, nice. uh, And Offspring Smash. I bought them on the same day. Nice. I had both of those probably. <laughs> I'm dating. We're dating ourselves, Peter. <laughs> a couple old men uh, shooting the shit. What the hell? Favorite concert? Uh, I saw the Beastie Boys with a uh, tribe called Quest. It was about the time that the intergalactic song, I know that wasn't the title of the album, but uh, that had come out. So they had a very futuristic uh, setup on stage and they had this rotating thing. And I remember Q-Tip was on and leaving the stage, and he literally fell through uh, a hole that, that was in the stage that they were coming up and you know people were coming up and out of. He fell into that hole uh, at, the end of the, at the end of their set. So I will never forget that. It was a great show, a great memory. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was uh, easily the best concert I've seen. Yeah. Uh, but was he supposed to fall in the hole? No, it was, it was he literally like <laughs> fell in the hole. That, that oh, was the, the beauty of it. So not planned. If it was planned, they 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 pulled the wool over my eyes because it certainly didn't look planned. <laughs> Beer, I, I feel like I've kept you long enough. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I'm enjoying our nostalgia talking about movies and CD. The kids are like, "What is a CD? I have no idea what that is." I just discovered Spotify. Speaking of being an old man, I, are you aware wow. of Spotify? They, you can just like play any CD you want. It's amazing. How does that work? Technology. Welcome, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you – I had Devin, uh, our producer, do a little bit of an investigation on your Facebook page, and apparently – I don't know if this is still true. I don't want to hold you to it – that you're a fan of Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, okay. I'm, I'm pretty much anything but country. I, I'm not a big country music fan. I, I love going to Nashville. I have a good time with it, but uh, anything but country. So a lot of, a lot of old-school rap, hip-hop. Uh, a lot of that '90s, you know, rock, alternative, uh, still stuff I listen to today. 
I'm in Nashville. Did I notice this? Did I catch this? Are you wearing a Martin's barbecue shirt? I absolutely am. And you know uh, what's funny? I still have not eaten there. The wife got me this one oh, time great. she went there. I, I, every time I go, I got to eat Hattie B's. So somehow Martin's doesn't make the list for me. But uh, uh, I need to put it at the top of the list. I hear nothing but good things. I want to make you jealous, Beer. Uh, Hattie B's, is about, it's, I can walk there from my, from my apartment. It's about one-eighth of a mile, maybe one-tenth of a mile. It's around the corner. One so mile. how many times does a, a local <laughs> eat Hattie B's? This is what I want to know. I've been here for like a year and a half. To, I've been maybe five times. It's, it's always whenever somebody's visiting. It's like, oh, you're visiting? Let's go take it, Hattie B's. My brother, I've seen one human in the last like 60, 60 days or so. It was, I mean, I'm aware. I've seen him on Skype and, on, on, you know, things like Zoom and off my balcony and all that. But, um, yeah, my brother came to visit and he's like, yeah, let's get some Hattie B's. And, I, you know, again, you don't want to necessarily judge me but you're going to judge me because you know how I get my Hattie B's. I get it Southern style. You know what Southern style means? It means no I do heat, not. none. Oh, no, no heat at all. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to judge anybody, but uh, I'm lying here. Now, now I got to throw some judgment. I tried the, the, the super hot version. Shut, holy, shut the cluck up. I believe it's called. Holy, holy hell. I mean, they, they brought this stuff out wearing gloves. I should have known then. And I went to pick it up, and the guy's like, don't do that. You get this in your eyes, you're going to have a, a tough time. But I think it was me and Big T were sitting there eating with the wives, and I'm eating away, and everything's good, and I, you know, I'm talking shit. This is no, no big deal. And then all of a sudden it hit, and my eyes are watering. Like, my mouth is on fire. I, I like stuff hot. That that was a, another level of hot. Don't. Don't do it. I mean, if you want to try it to be nostalgic or uh, as a bet, maybe. But uh, as far as enjoyment of the food, uh, the medium and the hot is just fine. They warn you, like they, they say, like you should you probably oh, yeah. sure you're ready for this. <laughs> they give you like a little mini lecture. It's like yeah, and I know some places I don't think it's Hattie B. Some places make you sign a waiver just to make sure like that you, this is officially what you want. There's no liability and things of that sort. But uh, you're making me hungry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all this conversation about how bees. I don't know. Uh, I've kept you long enough. I, I've learned a lot here. I was not aware of half these things. I had a good time. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, before we step aside and get out of here, uh, give a, you know, tell the people where you're at, tell people where they can find you. Uh, they want to track you down. I'm sure it's the Twitter machine, the whole deal, all, all the, uh, you know, all the nonsense that uh, the people, they want to find you a little bit. We're going to track you down. Mainly on Twitter at Beer Makers Fan, uh, also on Facebook. I, I still haven't done any of the the Instagram, any of that. I'm I'm an old ass man. I, I can't do any of that. That's my kids are doing all that. So uh, Twitter, I love talking sports, life, whatever with you guys uh, over there. So hoping to have the six pack video up soon. Football season hopefully starts out soon. So working on some rankings and things now. But uh, Twitter is where you can find me. Do you have like one hot? T- oh, we can also find you on your on your kids' TikTok as well, probably. <laughs> well, I'm just the guy that approves or disapproves the TikToks. <laughs> they always try to get me in the videos. I'm like, eh, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to be in a TikTok video. So we'll see. Maybe I'll make some uh, TikTok appearances. Somebody probably listened to this entire hour, and they're like, "We didn't get one football take out of beer outside of the Packers." You have one, just like general take. Maybe keep an eye on this guy. Keep an eye on this. Maybe a value for season long or. Is there one general take? Are you putting your flag, uh, flag anywhere just yet, or is that uh, something you've not uh, delved into? All right, I'll give you two. I absolutely love Joe Mixon this year. Uh, I'm probably going to have him uh, in the, the middle of the first round as a, as a, as a value play there and, and a value play for you at the tight end position. I love me some Hayden Hurst uh, stepping into that Austin Hooper role. 
Uh, let's not forget, he was drafted before Mark Andrews for a reason. Uh, I think he's going to fit in great. Obviously, Julio Ridley, uh, we'll see what they get out of Gurley there. But uh, I think he can be productive right away. So love Hayden Hurst late. And Joe Mixon, uh, I'm going to probably have at six or seven overall in my rankings. Much thanks, Beer. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Stay safe. Hopefully, you'll be able to make your trip out to Vegas soon enough, and we'll have a football season. We'll be talking football soon enough. He is Chris Prince, a.k.a. Beer Makers fan. I'm Dean. Thanks for listening to the Morning Grind. We're out of here.